truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth. to Perception Management. It is July 18th, the second hour of Perception Management. Just as a note here, you know, Mike Pompeo, he was, he's affiliated with the Evangelical Presbyterian uh, Church there. He served as a local deacon from 2007 to 2009 and taught Sunday school. How precious. In 2014, Pompeo told a church group that uh, Christians needed to know that Jesus Christ is our Savior and is truly the only solution for our world. And in 2015, at a talk at a church, Pompeo said that politics is never ending struggle until the rapture. These are the people that we have uh, leading uh, this country here. And remember, these are the same ones that advocate bombing people based on total lies. Apparently, he never read the uh, Ten Commandments there. But uh, anyway, with that, my next largest clip here that I have to play here is coming up here. So uh, you'll see that today is rife with these groups and uh, into a scale that has morphed into UFO reports, child and other abductions, ritual murders, and the tempest in wars uh, that to me would personally uh, lead to the world's uh, most worst bloodletting in our, in our uh, history. That's the way I can look at it. So with that, uh, Mr. Producer, would you please play uh, clip three? So we're looking at maybe not the process church of the final judgment per se, but a, a group within that church or a, a, a group of various members of that organization who have come out and uh, become involved in everything from, uh, well, uh, drug dealing, child prostitution, uh, you know, human trafficking and murder. So there was a period in the United States when we went through what we call the satanic cult survivor scare. Uh, prompted by a program aired on Geraldo Rivera's program uh, in which they talked about a satanic underground. It may have done a bit of disservice to the journalism that we were trying to do and the research that we were trying to do because it made this look so pervasive that people thought either this has got to be the figment of someone's imagination or on the other side that you know everything is satanic and we're all in deep trouble. Um, I think the, the truth lies somewhere in between. Um, there definitely have been cults involved in murder. We've, we've, we have documentation on this very clearly. The Matamoros case in Mexico at the border of Brownsville, Texas, right. was a, uh, a cult of, uh, of, of Central American um, uh, witchcraft, we might say, that was involved in murder and in ritual murder. Uh, we know these things do exist. And we're somehow ready to believe that these things exist overseas and in foreign countries. But they don't exist in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, we're ready to believe in political assassination in foreign countries, in almost any foreign country. 
you know, but not in the United States. Uh, it's funny how we have this kind of blindness, blindsidedness when it comes to our country, but uh, political assassinations do take place. Political conspiracies do take place all over the world. Um, why not here as well? You know, why suddenly is it impossible for it to happen in the United States? It's the old, it can't happen here. Boy, howdy. Uh, syndrome, yeah. But it, it does take place. Um, and the Kennedy assassination uh, was a focus of mine for a short time as well. Uh, because of Bobby Kennedy, because of the involvement of a possible uh, uh, mind control subject like Sirhan Sirhan, uh, someone who betrayed all of the symptoms of having been hypnotized at some point in his life and, and made to take the fall for the assassination. And uh, I started pulling at that thread, and it led me back to the Kennedy assassination and some fascinating individuals who were involved with that that really strains belief. You know, we, we get linked to the UFO uh, phenomenon with the Kennedy assassination. Who would believe that? You know, who would think that there would be any connection That's between right. these two events? That's right. Don't you connect Guy Bannister with uh, one of the UFO, with with uh, Ken Arnold? That's right. Guy Bannister, uh, for those of you who, 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 again, are not as old as I am, uh, Guy Bannister was a former FBI agent who was in charge of a private detective agency in New Orleans when Lee Harvey Oswald was living in New Orleans. And out of Guy Bannister's office were very colorful individuals like David Ferry and Jack Martin. Mm -hmm. If you saw the movie JFK, the Oliver Stone film, you'd remember that um, uh, uh, David Ferry was played by Joe Pesci mm -hmm. and uh, Jack Martin was played by Jack Lemmon. Uh, Ed Asner was Guy Bannister, so that brings, that brings back the, the individuals in, in question. Uh, Bannister when he was an FBI agent back in the 1940s, the late 1940s in the Pacific Northwest, he was the guy reporting on the UFO phenomenon, the uh, the uh, Maury Island crash, one of the, the, the first uh, sightings, the Kenneth Arnold sighting of the flying saucers. Guy Bannister was writing back to J. Edgar Hoover reporting on all of this. He was investigating the UFO sightings and his air tells, the, the telegrams that he sent to Hoover still exist. Uh, they're available to be seen. Um, to be read, there's Bannister himself reporting on interviews he was conducting with people who claimed they had seen UFOs in 1947. And then we have him suddenly, you know, not suddenly, but years later in New Orleans, peripherally involved or maybe centrally involved in the Kennedy assassination. But he wasn't the only one. Uh, then we have a guy called Fred Crisman. Fred Crisman was this strange guy who lived up in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> who was involved in the very first UFO sighting uh, at Maury Island in which uh, he and a friend of his were out fishing or something, and then a UFO exploded above them, uh, rained down debris, it killed a dog, it wounded uh, some of them. Uh, they kept pieces of this crashed UFO. They contacted the U.S. Air Force, which was the Army Air Force in those days. Uh, a couple of officers came to visit Fred Crisman, uh, got samples of the UFO, got back in their plane, and their plane crashed. Was the first, these two officers were killed. Uh, we don't know what Fred Crisman. Yeah. yeah, and we don't know what what Crisman gave them. But there was Fred Crisman, and Crisman turns out he had a murky background. Documentation on him is very hard to come by. Uh, he claimed he was an intelligence agent in the OSS during the war, which may or may not have been true. He claimed, uh, or people claimed about him, that he was a, a CIA uh, agent involved in disinformation, which may or may not have been true. Whatever the case, there's Fred Crisman in 1947, and then suddenly back in 1967, uh, Attorney Gen uh, District Attorney Jim Garrison 
of New Orleans is calling Fred Prisman as a witness in the Kennedy assassination investigation. So now we have two individuals who were involved with UFO sightings in 1947, Guy Bannister and Fred Crisman, both being investigated by Jim Garrison because of their possible involvement in the Kennedy assassination. What was interesting about Crisman is that Crisman was also uh, a bishop with the Universal Life Church. Now, Universal Life Church back in the 60s was something that almost anybody belonged to. You sent in $5 and you got a certificate mm-hmm. you were a minister. Uh, but Crisman took a very serious approach to it, and he was a bishop, and he got other people involved in the church who also worked out of Guy Bannister's office. Uh, and that became very bizarre. What was Fred Crisman doing hanging out with Guy Bannister's people? You know, And this is one of the things that really bothered Jim Garrison. He couldn't figure out what the relationship was. What were all these churches doing around the Kennedy assassination? And that's something that uh, I was fascinated with because I knew some of these churches. Uh, back in 1967, 68, 69, and into the early 70s in New York City. Uh, and I started tying the names together, and I realized that, you know, as a teenager, I was in the midst of this conspiracy that was taking place uh, between strange religious organizations, quasi-religious organizations, acting as fronts for intelligence activity, and involvement in things like the assassinations, involved in uh, the Biafran Civil War, and all the way up until the present day, involved in uh, uh, military activities in Bosnia, for instance, we find these same churches cropping up again and again and again. People who claim all sorts of religious titles and who have virtually no congregation. <laughs> There's no nobody actually attending these churches as uh, attending services of any kind. And yet they wear religious robes and a lot of religious jewelry and have elaborate titles. And they're acting as intelligence agency fronts. And we have that uh, connection going back to the Kennedy assassination and beyond, uh, connected back to the FBI in one particular case that I researched and I talk about in the book. Um, so suddenly we're back to religion again. And David Ferry was one of these. David Ferry was a bishop with one of these churches. Jack well, wasn't Martin he always was a bishop. Wasn't he, he tried to be a Jesuit? Ferry? Yes, Ferry had a genuine, uh, uh, possibly a genuine religious vocation. He did attend seminary, but uh, he did not last very long in seminary, which might have been due to uh, his homosexuality, which is what has been talked about. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been other reasons, I don't know. But he didn't last in seminary, but he was always attracted to the religious life. And he became deeply involved with uh, people that I've interviewed uh, who've talked to me about Ferry. And uh, he became deeply involved in in a strange renegade branch of Eastern Orthodox Christianity, which was called the American Orthodox Catholic Church. And this goes back to uh, around the time of the Kennedy assassination. There were bishops running around forming religious groups, uh, again, with virtually no congregations. But a number of bishops got together and formed these churches. And the American Orthodox Catholic Church in New York was a front for the FBI. Um, I have documentation showing that uh, bishops who were involved with uh, J. Edgar Hoover uh, were, were involved with this church, and they were involved in setting it up. And I witnessed people coming in and out of that church who were on political missions and had nothing to do with religion. So uh, I'm thinking these are a lot of very strange threads. You know, we're, we're looking at... Uh, we, we go from Charles Manson and uh, Sirhan Sirhan and David Berkowitz, and then we find ourselves with the Kennedy assassination and churches. So we have 
we have all these individuals connected with with churches, and that was a disturbing uh, idea to me. Um, I had researched in Holy Alliance about the involvement, for instance, of the the Catholic Church and its involvement, or the involvement of many of its members and its high-ranking clergy in the uh, emigration of Nazi war criminals to North and South America. Um, people like uh, Mengele, uh, Josef Mengele, the, the, the angel of death at Auschwitz, um, mm-hmm. a lot of other high-ranking SS officers who have been helped in their escape uh, to to North and South America by the Catholic Church. So so that that already I had researched and, and documented, to, at least to my satisfaction, that this sort of thing was taking place. So I said to myself, well, let's take a, a deeper look and see what what these strange churches are doing. These were not this is not the Catholic Church per se, but different little renegade branches of the Orthodox and Catholic churches that were involved in in all sorts of intelligence activities. And that eventually led me back to in another direction to uh, a group that had very serious connections to all of this activity, and that was a group that I called the Nine. Um, The Nine was an organization, an informal grouping of some of the most powerful, wealthiest families in America, who in the early 1950s, at the time of the Korean War, were actually getting together in the woods of Maine, in New England to hold seances where they were contacting uh, extraterrestrial or supernatural beings back in the late in the excuse me in the early 1950s in the woods in Maine a group of nine people gathered together to hold a seance to hold a series of seances to contact uh, a group of nine possibly extraterrestrial possibly supernatural beings now I didn't I don't know if it's as common practice to use séances to con- contact aliens but that's sort of what was taking place in Maine in those days in in uh, the early years of the Korean War and the Cold War. The séance was composed of some of the most powerful families in America, the old money families, the Astors, the Duponts, the Forbes. These people were involved in the séance in the series of séances. Now you may think that's incredible and that I'm making it up, but if you have recourse to Sinister Forces or any of the other literature available, you're going to see that this is very well documented. No, it sounds people, similar to Bohemian yes? Grove, which takes place over in California. Excuse me? It sounds similar to what happens at Bohemian Grove, Grove oh, every sure. summer in California. Well, Bohemian Grove is, is, is a big is a big jamboree of these guys, you know, it's sort of a big get-together. What was happening in Maine was very secretive, uh, height of the Cold War. Uh, Korea was just starting to happen. A lot of things were going on in our military and our, in our intelligence agencies. And the person running this group called the Nine was a man known as Andrea Puharic. Now, Puharic will be familiar to some of us as, as the man who supposedly discovered Yuri Geller, the Israeli psychic who could spend oh, spoons with his mind. That's mm-hmm. right. That's why the name is familiar. Yeah. Well, Puharic brought not only Geller to the United States, he brought Peter Herkos. Uh, yep. Another psychic, the Dutch mm-hmm. psychic, mm-hmm. Uh, who was involved in investigations on the Boston Strangler affair and all of that. Puharich was heavily involved with psychic research, but he was a medical doctor. Uh, and later he was a commissioned officer in the U.S. Army during the Korean War. He worked out at a Camp Dietrich or Fort Dietrich in Maryland oh. in the chemical biological warfare section. Mm-hmm. And he was the guy running these seances in Maine. Um, his involvement 
in the military was promoting the use of paranormal abilities uh, for military applications. Mm -hmm. So his seances may not have been totally benign. But at any rate, the people attending the seance included Arthur Young, the inventor of the Bell helicopter, mm -hmm. his wife, Ruth Forbes Payne Young, of course, a member of the Forbes uh, dynasty, of which mm -hmm. John Kerry also was a, was a member. Um, we have uh, one of the DuPonts and an Astor. So we have Astor, DuPont, Forbes, um, and Payne. We have uh, a lot of very heavy hitters uh, at this seance. Uh, the other people involved were, were friends uh, of Puharich who were involved in his researches. Now, okay, here are the seances. They're contacting these extraterrestrial beings. The extraterrestrial beings are telling this group of nine people that they're going to be the nine Brahmins, the nine uh, initiates who are going to help lead America and lead the world into a new age uh, to realize the, the power and to uh, materialize the power of the nine in the universe, or in at least in in the world, in in North America, if nothing else. All right. You know what's interesting about this entire thing is, <clears throat> it's like uh, those that use these Ouija boards and and uh, such uh, that always trying to conjure up things. I was thinking about how uh, the the military has tried to use through application of these uh, remote viewing, uh, always trying to. Uh, uh, seek the supernatural uh, and it's it, it, it's really interesting how uh, you know I would apply that to these uh, what they call the situation room where they uh, plan for these war games and stuff in which in all these wars that are fabricated based on total lies uh, not only do they uh, well it's like Robert McNamara remember he was a statistician I guess you call it he could name specifically what bomb was used and how many people were killed by it and the British were doing the same thing where they would tie up goats over there uh, in their bomb testing uh, in World War II and they would drop a bomb into the middle of the goats and uh, how many uh, goats were killed they alleged how many Germans would be killed by that and again none of these wars uh, have been based to uh, uh, there may have been assassination attempts and stuff, but actually what it is, it's, it's the, des the destruction of country after country so that big corporations can go in there and rebuild what the U.S. destroyed or coalition forces. I shouldn't omit those. Just like we hear this, build back better. This is after all the governments were paid by the World Bank of International Settlements to shut down their entire economies for this alleged pandemic. Uh, now they want to rebuild it and, and enslave mankind to the trillions of dollars in rebuilding what they destroyed. And, of course, the people, the slaves, always pay for it. And now they're doing it through raising of taxes, the interest rates, which are going to skyrocket even more, thus leaving more poor to uh, starve to death. And, of course you're supposed to think of Cuba what's going on in Cuba we have Americans here that are living in the streets and they're supposed to worry about Cuba but it's the same scenario if it isn't the evil Russians it's the Chinese if it isn't the Chinese it's it's down in Nicaragua with Maduro so anyway same premise anyway we'll be right back here and I have one more clip here uh, actually I have two more and uh, we'll continue from there stay tuned 
It's hung there on the front porch since this old house was built. It's where the old men whittled. No Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then Common Core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. hung there on the front porch since this old house was built it's where the old men whittle and the women pieced their quill it's held for generations through whatever life could bring 
that old swing. Welcome back, everyone. That old swing. You're listening to Perception Management here on Republic Broadcasting Network. So with uh, that, I'm going to run out of time here, but uh, I want to get at least part of this next clip in here uh, before the bottom of the hour here. So with that, Mr. Producer, would you play clip four? And that might have been the end of the story, except that a few years later, we find Arthur Young, uh, the inventor, as I say, of the Bell helicopter. He's retired from working on helicopters, and he's founded a number of organizations devoted to mystical research and paranormal research. Wow, because we're going to go from Arthur Young to a woman known as Ruth Payne. Mm -hmm. Now, Ruth Payne was married to Michael Payne. Michael and Ruth Payne lived in Texas. Michael and Ruth Payne, or at least Ruth Payne, had as house guests for a number of months Lee Harvey Oswald and his wife, Marina Oswald. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yeah. Ruth Payne was the daughter-in-law of Arthur Young and his wife, Ruth Forbes Payne Young. Um, Michael Payne was the son of uh, Ruth Forbes Payne Young. I have to put all the names in there so you, you won't confuse her with Ruth Payne of Texas. Mm -hmm. Ruth Payne was, uh, was married to Michael Payne. Michael Payne uh, was also involved with Bell Helicopter. He was working for Bell Aerospace at the time of the Kennedy assassination in Texas. Ruth Payne was not uh, otherwise employed, but she had Marina Oswald and the children staying with her. A few months before the assassination, in September, August and September, Ruth Payne traveled from Texas to Philadelphia to visit Arthur Young and his wife, Ruth Forbes. So she was up there only two months before the assassination, at the time when she knew Lee and Marina Oswald, when Marina Oswald was staying with her. Um, here is a connection directly from the nine to the Kennedy assassination. What was she talking about? Mm -hmm. to Arthur Young and Ruth Forbes. She must have mentioned the fact that she had these Russian people staying with her. I mean, Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't Russian, mm -hmm. but Marina Oswald was. She must have mentioned all of this. In fact, in her Warren Commission testimony, she refers to the fact that at one point, Lee Oswald was considering going to Philadelphia. This never gets followed up. But the obvious assumption is that Lee Oswald would have been going to talk to Arthur Young, right. one of the pioneers of, Amer of the American military-industrial complex, one of the original nine, somebody very much involved in paranormal research. What would Lee Harvey Oswald be doing talking to Arthur Young? I would have loved to have seen that. Um, but then I started looking at the Warren testimony, which anyone can do, and, I, and I, I urge people to take a look at Ruth Payne's testimony because something interesting takes place. One of the Warren Commission members is our Alan Dulles, mm -hmm. former head of the CIA. Mm -hmm. He's now part of the Warren Commission investigating the Kennedy assassination. He's there for some of Ruth Payne's testimony. For other parts, he's, he's absent. But every time Ruth Payne gets into an area that might be very interesting, Alan Dulles changes the subject mm. and, and moves it off center. So we never really find out some vital piece of information. And I wondered about that. And I started to research Alan Dulles a little bit, and I found out that Alan Dulles had a mistress, Mary Bancroft. Uh, and Mary Bancroft was close personal friend of Ruth Forbes Payne Young. They were like sisters. They went traveling to Europe together and did all of that. Huh. So we have a connection between Alan Dulles, Mary Bancroft, his mistress, to Ruth Forbes Payne Young and Arthur Young. It is conceivable 
that he did not want this whole connection to be revealed. And he kept moving Ruth Payne off center every time she got close to something that might have been interesting in the, in the testimony. Mm-hmm. And you can't help but wonder, did Alan Dulles realize the, the connection between his own mistress and possibly, you know, the Oswalds? I mean, it's a fascinating little tight nexus that really defies belief that all of these people knew each other before the assassination. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not the end of the story, however, because we know, for instance, that a guy called um, DeMorenschild, George DeMorenschild, a Russian nobleman, an oil man, and a CIA informant, was the man who introduced Lee Harvey Oswald to Ruth Payne in Texas. Well, I didn't know until only a few months ago when a, uh, a professor at one of the universities here in, in the Midwest contacted me and said, did you know that George de Morenschild was also involved with the Nine? And he gave me uh, documents that show that going back to around 19, late 1950s and 1960, he was involved with one of the people uh, connected with the Nine. So we have basically one member of the Nine handing off Lee Harvey Oswald to another member of the Nine. Oh, okay. Now, George de Morenschild goes back to our original discussion of a, of a couple of days ago in which we're talking about the churches. George de Morenschild... All right. You can kill the rest of that because I'm going to run out of time here. But anyway, uh, I have uh, two more clips for you, then we'll get going here. But anyway, uh, you're listening to Perception Management. We'll be right back after the break here. All my life I've been so lonesome If I... I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. While we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country, here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us 800-724-2719 extension 3 800-724-2719 extension 3 for over 20 years now extendivite has proven time and again it really works here is a testimonial from amazon.com i received an arterial switch at birth in my mid-20s i started getting slight runs of nsvt Nothing too serious, but enough to cause worry. I started taking Extendivite a little over two years ago, and it helped cut the palpitations and NSVT down drastically. This isn't a cure-all supplement. I strongly recommend a good diet and exercise to aid in any heart troubles you may be having. And I strongly recommend giving Extendivite a try. 
Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultation are free and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. the number 2, keep it today. Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head didn't hurt. Ain't that the truth? The beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad, so I had one more for dessert. The American Dream. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Perception Management. You know, uh, one thing to glean from all this here with these sinister forces is a lot of these members, especially through the CIA and such, all gravitate or seem to get their start from aerodynamics and pushed into these occults and or cults that uh, believe that, uh, well, like video games. It's one thing to play a video game where you can personally adjust the blood splatter, but when you do it in real life, the generals and stuff that are all behind this, they're not doing it. They're having grunts do it. Grunts that have to give up their religious and spiritual values, morals and stuff. I did that research once to find out how the Pentagon picked its pastors. And these are the ones that are not, are supposed to be non-denominational and able to tell the grunt that killing for your country is got with God's blessing, just like watching the bishops uh, blessing the arms of Hitler and others. Uh, and then they come home and find out it was all over a lie and cannot cope and kill themselves. Anyway, with that, more on these mass graves, whether it's Canada, here in the United States. Let's move on down to Panama. So with that, uh, clip number five, please. Six thirty in the morning. They would throw a small device into a house and it would catch on fire. They would burn a house and then move to another and begin the process all over again. They burned from one street to the next. They coordinated the burning through walkie-talkies.
The Pentagon used Panama as a testing ground for newly developed high-tech weapons, such as the stealth fighter, the Apache attack helicopter, and laser-guided missiles. President Bush wanted to make certain that this was going to be a success. This was going to be his vindication, a, a denial of the wimp factor in spades. So they sent down a force that wasn't going to encounter any effective resistance, would simply overwhelm the opposition, and the fact that it would cause tremendous peripheral damage, damage to innocent civilians in, on a wide scale, was not of concern in the planning. My God, we were sending in artillery and airstrikes against a very heavily populated urban area. There was absolutely no question that there were going to be immense numbers of civilian casualties. During the days and weeks following the invasion, the U.S. policy of applying overwhelming deadly force continued. There were many reports of indiscriminate killings and executions of unarmed civilians. We have eyewitness accounts on the part of a number of Panamanians where soldiers took Panamanians who had been captured uh, after the invasion and executed them on the street. They arrested close to 7,000 Panamanian individuals. They arrested almost every trade union leader, the leaders of the nationalist parties, of progressive parties, of left parties in Panama. They arrested people who were cultural leaders. As a result of the U.S. invasion, an estimated 20,000 Panamanians lost their homes. Hardest hit were residents in the poor neighborhoods of San Miguelito, Colon, Panama Viejo, and El Chorillo. How many people were killed in Panama and who were they? These questions may never be answered because the United States military undertook elaborate efforts to conceal the number of dead, how they died, and the location of their bodies. What happened in Panama is a hidden horror. Many of the bodies were bulldozed into piles and immolated in the slums where they were collected. Other bodies were left in the garbage chutes of the poor projects in which they died from the shooting, from the artillery, from the machine guns, from the airborne attacks. Others were said to have been pushed into the ocean. The truth of the matter is that we don't even know how many Panamanians we have killed, but we should have more information on what happened. How many civilians were killed? The National Human Rights Commission of Panama interviewed hundreds of people in an effort to determine how many had died. What we have is different testimonies that help us to arrive to the conclusion that for sure there were more than 4,000 people who died. The U.S. military said 250 civilians were killed. I mean, there isn't a credible source in Panama that believes that's true. 
whether it's ambulance drivers, human rights monitors, people, doctors who worked in hospitals, neighbors of bombed out uh, blocks. It's just clearly false. That story would be so easy to tell for any journalist worth his or her salt, but they're not telling it. When they interviewed people in Panama about what they thought of it, they invariably were interviewing white, middle-class people who could speak English. They didn't really go into the poor neighborhoods where people had been bombed. Did you see one media actually go into the bombed areas and talk to people who had lost a family or lost everything they had in the bombings? The transport they focused totally on the invasion as a tactical event. Was it effective? Did it work well? Uh, are we losing many American lives? While another unit moved in by helicopter, 15 American servicemen have died. Gertrude Candy Halen from Dixon, Illinois, is the 20th American to die in the fight. They focused with utter ethnocentrism only on American lives. The only life that was precious, the only life that one could report on, the only life that one could consider as a serious loss was an American life. In the months following the invasion, Panamanians were shocked to discover the existence of mass graves where hundreds, perhaps thousands, of bodies were hastily dumped into pits and buried by U.S. troops. To date, there have been 15 mass graves that have been identified throughout Panama. The United States military was directly responsible for the killings of the men, women, and children that are in these mass graves and for their burial. These mass graves exist throughout Panama and some are believed to be on U.S. military bases, which creates a difficulty in terms of access to these mass graves. Well, there you have it, guys. From Canada to schools, to military bases and prisons here in the United States, to foreign countries and putting mass graves in there. Anyway, I have one more clip here. I'll open the phone lines, 512-248-8252 or 800-313-9443. With that, with, uh, you want to go ahead, uh, Mr. Producer, and play clip six. When the war started, that was after... 45 days of bombing. Right. Can you talk about that first? R right. So January 17th, we just rained bombs on the Middle East for 45 days. And uh, all night and all day. It was all night and it was all day. It was mock going by for 45 days. And then they decided that we had pelted the turf enough to send soldiers in. And so that ground war lasted for 72 hours. And uh, it's been claimed to have been the greatest victory in American history or the greatest victory in any war story. But it's a big scam, and the big scam starts when we crossed the line. What we never had any education or anything on was wadis, W-A-D-I, by the Webster Dictionary. And what it means is a free-flowing river in Arabia. And it's right out of the Webster's Dictionary. So the Euphrates River runs down, and then we have offshoots of it that are coming out into the eastern and western swings. And so uh, why, albeit, I've told this story many times to people, and they go, our vehicles can make it through anything. We know that, Dennis. I go, well, I was there, and I got a picture to prove you different. If you want to buy that the M1A1 Abrams is the beautiful tank it is and it can motor all the way to Baghdad, you have to remember that the support vehicles couldn't. And you've got to have two to one. You have to have two support soldiers for every soldier in combat. You have to have one feeding them, one gassing them, one supplying them. 
You have to have a chaplain up there to take care of. It's like you have to have a whole crew moving to support this mission. And so when they finally recognized that the vehicles we were pushing behind it couldn't get through these wadis, they did what was called make a, a left hook. Gabe Hudson talks about, dear Mr. President, a left hook, the end run. And uh, it wasn't supposed to be a left hook or an end run. It was supposed to be us going all the way to Baghdad. But we couldn't get there because of the wadis. So we hung a right turn and we ran into this freeway, which was later referred to as the Highway of Death. And if we take a look at this current conflict we're in, we you know, go back to the way we got to Baghdad this time, we went right up the freeway. We don't see any of the footage out in the middle of the desert. That, you know, the supply people went up the freeway and the tanks went up the sand this time. Living proof about why we couldn't get there last time, because we took the highway this time. And when the soldiers ran into the depleted uranium, everybody got sick. It was immediate, you know. Uh, soldiers got sick, very sick, very quick, pale as a ghost, vomiting, uh, the whole thing, all signs and symptoms of radiological exposure. And uh, so what they did was they put us in our vehicles and called this ceasefire. And I happened to have been at the airfield where the ceasefire was supposed to be congregating. We went out there because we thought Norman Schwarzkopf was coming. We wanted to see him. He was our hero, right? They never showed up. We were the only four people out there, I think. You know. So uh, basically, the ceasefire, the next day we were in our vehicles going all the way back to the rear, sleeping underneath our vehicles all the way back. If night fell, we just crawled underneath our truck and slept there, probably breathing the particles that were falling off of it. And we got back real quick and got onto a TWA airplane and came home. We didn't fly home on C-130s or C-141s. We left our vehicles in Daha Ran, got on private aircraft, because a lot of these soldiers were going to die, and they knew it. They didn't want them to die on the battlefield because they would have had been considered combat casualties. So they rushed us right home where everybody buzzed like a radio antenna for a little while. And uh, what they did was they sent a whole new crew of soldiers up front to do what I refer to as cleanup. But more more importantly, it should be referred to as a crime and a disguise because they didn't want the mainstream media to see what had happened on that highway. So the engineers dug trenches on the side of the road and buried everybody in them and covered them up. Makes me kind of wonder what the mass graves they're finding this time really are. But uh, that, there's, there's all kinds of evidence that that actually occurred. Some of the Iraqi conscripts were actually still alive when they were buried in the sand. That's and, a good uh, so It was a very cruel... Yeah, well, it with all the aforementioned about the graves of those indigenous people of the third world, we have Iraq, uh, we have the ISIS and Al-Qaeda, uh, the graves that are found from these, all linked right back to the United States, and of course its coalition partners, to be fair. Uh, you know, America and its coalition partners, they, they have their own mass graves, as mentioned here. And you're always supposed to look at these alleged... Uh, Dictators, uh, usually these rapacious regimes, which were backed up by the United States too, uh, but a lot who were poisoned by uh, the United States' own chemical weapons, and now we have the vaccines. Uh, those who died, all this for what? Look at our countries today and their alleged freedoms, so that what others can pray against rock walls and wear their weird robes like Klaus Schwab and a host of other suits and dresses who can then laugh at us all today as their little cliques continue to destroy the earth and its people, and now who uh, who want to depopulate the planet, giving us no say whatsoever in anything we're doing, yet continue to talk about democracy and election fraud and stuff. You should feel this is coming. And uh, if you want to read something about the uh, AIDS epidemic on the uh, Village Voice, Mark uh, Schuess, uh, has a great article there. Uh, 
but it talks about what uh, Fauci and those guys did to Africa and stuff. I mean, this is from these elite, these these members of these cults that have no regard for human life whatsoever. And with that, I'll take uh, Chris in Las Vegas. Good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, Keith. I must say I was absolutely riveted to your program with Peter Lavenda this morning. I'd never heard of him before, nor the PID network, uh, peering into darkness. But I am very, very familiar because I have also studied a lot of the background that Peter talks about with Manson, uh, with uh, the guy up in Polyclass. Mm-hmm. All these so-called serial killers seem to be FBI or CIA. In fact, in uh, the book, The Terror Factory, uh, it speaks very clearly that the CIA dark side was brought into the FBI, and so the FBI, it appears, has been converted to domestic operations here, and they've been carrying this out since uh, the very insidious inception by J. Edgar Hoover, the cross-dressing so-called leader of the world's most fabulous crime-fighting team, which really are inventing crimes themselves to give the pretext they're doing something so they can egregiously, unjustly enrich themselves off the public coffers, and that's waste, fraud, and abuse. Uh, That's a felony criminal act of extortion from the American people from the coffers of the so-called resources of the Americans, except for the fact that we've got this debt note system that uh, belies any value whatsoever and is an illusion. But going to your MK Ultra references and some of the other darker programs, <clears throat> I've had some, let's say, extraterrestrial assistance in discerning some things that are hidden within uh, catchy names and concepts and some of these constructed names of some of these so-called terrorist groups uh, in the Middle East they come up with and hypothesize, like uh, El Shabong or El Shabad and uh, ISIS is Us and all these other different things. And the MK Ultra, in my best discernment, actually is a secret encrypted illusion to M stands for the Master Hashatan, the Master's Cult of Ra. It's right there before your eyes, if you've got eyes to see and the spirit of discernment to see it. Yeah, you know, Chris, I was just going to interject there, Chris. Remember, the the CIA was supposed to have deleted all the files on the MKUltra, but you find out that they're all linked back to Fort Detrick and stuff of current news. Oh, absolutely. And Sidney Gottlieb is a name they don't mention very often. It apparently was a paperclip psychiatrist or psychiatrist, as the case may be, that was brought over with Operation Paperclip. And so Fort Detrick was a uh, cesspool of these Nazi scientists of eugenics, which is a nice feel-good word for mass murder and uh, racial discrimination. Uh, They can target particular races. In fact, we saw some recent iterations of that in the Middle East with their fundamentalist vaccine, FunVac they called it, where they could target particular groups of the uh, populations over there and supposedly remove their dangerous uh, religious thoughts and dedications to uh, their false gods of Muslim and Islam and whatever other groups they want, which means Christians are next, and you know they can basically wipe out any group they want to with chemical allotments. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that, Chris? I was sent a video, I was asked to 
what do you call it, screen it. And it was a gay video. Uh, it was called, uh, what the hell was it? Uh, uh, Check Hunter. And it was how they, uh, they groom these young boys into homosexuality and they target those, like in the Czech Republic, uh, uh, who work in the aerospace and other areas of major commerce so that later they can blackmail them. And, of course, they record all this uh, sexual activity and stuff that they con these boys into, which is no different than what we see here with the U.S. military of those boys that go through these colleges and get into these frat clubs. They do all these sexual acts with one another, and they might chalk it off to matters incidental to one's youth. And they, uh, they graduate, they can't get a job, and they become officers in the military to pay off their student loans. And they get married, again, chalking it all, all stuff off to uh, uh, matters of incidental to youth. Uh, have a couple kids, nice home, whatever like that, and then the blackmail starts. So, uh, I mean, it it is. It's a massive cult uh, where they in, in trap and ensnare people of, of everywhere. Uh, and it all leads back to the same players. And I have one more caller, so if, uh, if you can speed it up, they're okay. Uh, I'll wind up quick with you. Uh, it's very clear that there are dark forces and light forces. And if you can do the most diabolical, devious things, and you got somebody that tells you it's okay, and nobody will know it's a secret, and they're video recording you to preserve it for leverage later on, this is exactly what they do. And of course, Scalia down in the so-called Cibola Ranch, it's alleged that he was actually beheaded by one of those assassin boy toys that were sent down there in that demonic uh, location. Uh, that he was particularly invited to. So with that, thank you for bringing this important, informative information that very few people have heard of. It was great to listen to your program today. Thank you so much. All right, Chris, thank you, too. Uh, you have a good day there. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's like Epstein all this stuff. I read an article here where Epstein has been linked to a lot of these players in this so-called pandemic, which is how they got these world leaders to go along with what's going on now. With that, Don down in Arizona, good morning. Hello, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Manson. Another one was Whitey Bulger. Whitey yes. Bulger. He he was given acid about 63 times when he was in prison. So he, he made a deal with him there. And then later, you know, Whitey was in was in cahoots with the FBI. He, yeah, he Don, Don, yeah, Don, have you ever noticed that a lot of inmates, they say they can't wait to get back to prison, and that's why they commit more crimes? It's because it, it, it is. It's like an, uh, an occult of the members in prison, and it's actually a training ground for those that uh, may be getting released and go out and do exactly what uh, the others have done. It's a grooming ground. Yeah, but Whitey, uh, you know, he I don't know if you know his story, but he actually had partners in the FBI. One of them actually oh, yes, got yes. it. And, and then after, when he went on the lam, he, they could have caught him. The FBI didn't want to catch him. He was living right in Santa Monica. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't hiding out. I mean, really, uh, the FBI did not want to catch him. And um, another one was involved in some of the experimentation was Ted Kaczynski. I don't know if you want to call it MK Ultra. He was involved with experiments that screwed up his head when he was at Harvard. And um, are you picking on so, a fellow Montanan? <laughs> picking on who? A fellow Montanan. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> Uh, is that the name spelled backwards or something? I don't know. What no, that's name. Lincoln, Montana. That's where his cabin was. Oh, yeah. He lived up there 
when he was a Unabomber. But before that, he yeah. lived. You know, he lived in Berkeley, and I think a lot of us think he was. A, he's a strong suspect for being the Zodiac killer for various reasons. He, he lived in Berkeley when the Zodiac. Remember the Zodiac murders? Yes. Yes. He uh, Ted Kaczynski, I think, was the Zodiac. He. Uh, for, I mean, I could go into it in depth, but let's. Uh, we don't have time right now. But um, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, that minute left. Whitey Bulger, uh, and then Whitey Whitey got killed too. When they finally did catch him, they transferred him to a different prison. He was immediately killed. Yes, this doesn't happen every day. I mean, and, you know, no. I mean. <laughs> so that's all I got. I'll let you go there. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, Don. Thanks for calling in. Uh, good to hear from Arizona this morning. Okay. I hope your flooding and stuff is better down there. Anyway, um, you know, uh, these sinister forces, they're everywhere. And, I mean, like this occult that's running this vaccine uh, issue here. I read an article yesterday where it says uh, the Israelis were were just lucky to be uh, working on the vaccine when this pandemic broke out. Uh, I mean, it's world control. And if it isn't one mob, it's another mob, uh, whether it's Chinese, Japanese, Russian, like I say, you know. And, of course, we have the, the mob that uh, that exists here in the United States here, where the CIA has used these mob members to do their assassinations and such, and then they go right back through and they kill the mob member. It's always erasing the tracks, whether it's collateral murder videos, which is a glorification of war crimes to train others, I guess. And, of course, the exemption, when you look at the U.S. sanctioning the international uh, court system, uh, the massive war crimes in Afghanistan have been covered up, the 600-some-odd schools, universities, and such have bombed to, to, to obliteration over in Iraq. And we're supposed to believe that some rapacious leader down in Cuba or something like that is our problem like that. So with that, uh, if you can support RBN, please do so, or its host. And up next here, we have Tom LaCavera with his show here on uh, Real Truth Media Reloaded. So uh, thanks for tuning in there. Sorry I didn't get very many calls today, but uh, I had a lot of information. I hope you understand. So take care, and we'll catch you next Sunday there. And 73 is from Montana. On the sleeping city sidewalks Sunday morning Coming What in the world is an ease-off drop-in lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Ease off, LLC, 417-932-6419.